Well, the last few weeks, we've been in a sermon series called Unexpected, where we've been talking about how God loves to do unexpected things in our lives, work in unexpected ways. And uh, this morning, we're actually going to do something a little unexpected, a little bit different as well. Um, Instead of a traditional sermon um, where I'm opening up the scriptures and and kind of teaching and preaching through them, this morning, we're actually on Mother's Day going to hear from some mothers in our congregation, and we're going to hear their stories and how God has been at work in their lives. And our hope is that their stories will inspire you, encourage you, maybe challenge you, um, and help connect with your story and your life as well. Um, and, and the mothers who come up here, they'll be the first to tell you, we didn't pick these mothers because they're, they're perfect or they just do everything amazing. They'll be the first to tell you, you know what? They need God. They need His grace at work in their lives. Um, and, and that's true for all of us. And so we're going to hear their stories today. And um, if that's okay with you, we're going to have four different kind of families represented. And the first that we're going to hear from is Nikki Martinez. Nikki, I want to invite you to come on up. And um, Nikki is going to talk with us about something extremely important, and that is giving the gift of presence to your child or to children and the next generation in our lives. Um, Because, you know, if you haven't realized it, we live in a very distracted world these days. There are lots of things vying for our attention. You know, we're more connected than ever before, but we often feel more disconnected than ever before. And so especially students, children, you know, social media and all of that, there's this illusion that we feel loved and we feel like people are present with us, but the reality is people are lonelier than ever. Um, and even though we're connected, there's, there's gaps between us. And so Nikki, you do an amazing job of giving the gift of presence. Um, I've seen that in, in your life. And so tell us a little bit about, to begin, your son, Victor, and maybe tell us something you love about him. Hey, Vic. He's in the back there. We didn't make him yeah. come up here. He's hiding. Um, so when I thought about this, you know, as a mom, you probably have 25, 35,000 things that you love about your kid, but I would have to say his personality mm. is my favorite. Um, he's fun. He's witty. He's clever. We're just alike. Uh, we have a great time no matter what we do or where we go. And uh, so he's just, he's fun. Awesome. I would say if I had to pick someone for a road trip, it'd be him. Okay, nice. And um, for those who don't know, so you've been a single mom now for going on like 13 years. 13 years. And um, you told me that early on you made an intentional decision. What was that decision? Well, even before I was a single mom, I, I had always wanted to build the kind of relationship with him where, because I'm a relational person, it was most important for me um, that we have the kind of relationship where we would stay close, where he would want to be with me, where he would want to talk to me about what's going on in his life. Um, it, was, it was just critical to me that we continue having that connection. And I knew that when he got to be a teenager, it was going to be most important that we already had that bond Mm. and that trust and that kind of relationship Mm -hmm. before he got to his teenage years. Yeah. Teenage years. Tough. Tough. Really Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. For moms too. You made the, yeah, that's true. So you made the decision you want to spend time with him, build that before he gets older. Um, You're also working full time, Delta and other places. So, I mean, being a single mom, working full-time, how did you make that happen, I mean, in the midst of the scheduling and everything else? 
Uh, you just do. Um, I was blessed with a great boss, um, a great Christian man who lived out in the workplace what he believed. And I, when I you know, was in the, the hardest part of the single mom years, um, he said, do what you need to do. Family comes hmm. first. You don't even have to ask my permission. Oh, you get wow. here when you need to get here. You leave when you need to leave. I trust that you're going to get your work done. So I was very blessed, hmm. much more than some people. But um, I would leave work in time to pick him up from daycare. I would get home, get him settled, some dinner. I'm sitting at the, I'm standing at the countertop with my laptop, and mm. I'm working while I cook. I'm working while I talk. You mm. know, I'm working until I go to bed mm -hmm. to make up for it. Yeah. Um, weekends were when he wasn't with me. Weekends were mine to relax and recover. Mm. When he was with me, weekends were his. It mm. was, you know, what do we need to do? What mm -hmm. do we want to do? Um, so you just do, you just do it, mm, you know, yeah. you just wake up in the morning, one foot in front of the other and you make it through the day. Yeah. And we got the pictures up here kind of scrolling of different moments in his life because you've been involved in a lot of his activities. Um, so how did you kind of, you know, that, that's a lot to be in scouting, karate, active in band. I mean, how did you kind of get involved with all that stuff? So I'm a little bit of a controlling person. <laughs> so when he started T-ball, um, he played a couple of years and, and we moved over to the Salem League. I said, you know what? I'll be a coach because I'm not seeing what I wanted to see out of the coaches, right? <laughs> so that's a good way to fix um, things. But, you know, I was always there. I was always at the games, you know, every game, every practice. I just had kind of figured that whatever he was interested in, would become my interest. Hmm. And if I didn't know anything about it, I would learn. I would get involved because that's the best way for me to stay connected with him was to be in whatever he hmm. was doing and enjoying at the time. So it was T-ball. I was a coach um, for a couple of years. Then when we left T-ball and went into Cub Scouts, I hmm. became a pack leader. Nice. Um, I also like to help. Right, I just like to, to help people, you know, support kind of in the background. So I uh, became a pack leader when he was done with Boy Scouts and moved into high school band. It was just kind of, oh, and we did martial arts in between there too. Wow. Together as a found a family class to That's do together. Lot. And Nikki's going to break a couple boards for us. No, just kidding. Just kidding. I could. Just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's an important thing is that, you know, you didn't, you know, kind of say you need to do these things. You figured out what he was interested in, and then you joined him in what he was already doing. And um, I love, I know from Dutchtown High School and others, that as you got involved in his life and were present in his activities, you also became a mother figure for other students and kids who didn't have people at the football games, didn't have them standing at senior night. Um, and you've kind of become that person, for which I know you wouldn't tell other people, but you become that for other people. I think that's huge because, you know, whether you're a mother or not, whether you're, you're male, female, whatever, we all have that opportunity to pour into other people's lives. Um, and you've been doing that these last years. And so now Victor is in high school. He's 17? Almost. Almost 17. Going to be graduating soon. <laughs> and, I'll be uh, crying for the next year. And, and things, I mean, things will begin to change. So, I mean, how, what difference do you feel like your life your presence has made in his life? Well, I feel like it, it's been pretty successful. We have a great relationship. We have a great time with each other, regardless of what we're doing. Um, 
And we are really close. We can finish mm. each other's sentences. Mm. We, we know when to crack those jokes uh, mm -hmm. with each other. And uh, our timing, I think, is usually pretty perfect. But we're open enough. I feel comfortable talking to him about things going on in my life. And he has been comfortable bringing some things to me that's going on in his life. Mm. Um, I feel like, and, and Andy Stanley and his wife said this in a podcast I was listening to recently, that they raised their children in a way that after they had left the house and they didn't have to come home anymore, they would because they wanted to. Mm. And I feel like we have that kind of relationship where when he's gone and, and doing his adult thing, he will still want to come home mm. um, and visit that's awesome. Which is, you know. That's the goal. The, that's the goal. Right, yeah, yeah, we only get so many years with them. That's um, right. So we want to say as a church, thank you for being present in his life and in other people's lives. Um, we all give Nikki a round of applause. Thank you. Awesome. Well, giving the gift of presence, you know, is one gift that we can give the next generation. Um, and another gift is sharing Jesus Christ with your child, with the next generation. So I want to invite up uh, Pushpa Danes and her daughter, Jody Kofelt. And um, while they're coming up, I want, to, I want to share with you this quote from Dr. Christian Smith. He's a sociologist from Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, I guess. That's, that's how you call it, not Notre Dame. From Notre Dame. And uh, he said this in a recent study. Most teenagers and their parents may not realize it, but research suggests that the most important social influence in shaping young people's religious lives is the religious life modeled by their parents. Now listen to this. When it comes to kids' faith, parents get what they are. Parents get what they are. You see, parents have the greatest spiritual influence on their child's faith. And now, that can be good. That can be scary. The good news is, is it's never too early to start. It's never too late to start as well. Being an influence for Christ in their lives. And Deuteronomy 6, you're probably familiar with this, this verse. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then it continues. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And Proverbs reiterates this, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. And um, we've invited y'all up here today because um, y'all have an awesome story, uh, Pushpa, of you sharing Christ with Jody. Um, and it's not kind of the, the typical story you might hear or expect from different parents. So Pushpa, I want to begin with you. Before you share Christ with somebody, you have to know Christ. And Growing up, you didn't grow up in a Christian home, so kind of tell us about your life and your journey to faith. Um, you have to turn it on, I think. Oh, okay. I, when I, um, I knew of Christ uh, when I was growing up. You got to hold it to your mouth. More? Yep. Uh, <laughs> Can we turn I, it up? I knew of Christ when I was growing up, but I really didn't know what was the all the depth of the Christ because I was born in an Indian family in Fiji Islands. My parents were Hindus, so I grew up in a Hindu religion. So um, Christianity was not part of our life at all. So um, my life really, really changed after I met Fred mm -hmm. in Fiji. And fast forward, 
Uh, we got married, uh, had Jyoti there in Fiji, and we came back to state. And then several years fast forward, I have two other children. And Fred was always going to church, whether I don't know to say he was a religious man or he was, he was always going to church, and he was a very good example to all of us. Um, I would go with him to church, only few occasion I remember, mm. and then I would go and drop the girls and come back home. Mm. I had so much things to do, so that was not part of my life. Um, several years later, one of our good friends uh, invited us to come to a passion play, and I remember going there, and that was like out of comfort zone for me. I was sitting there and watching the play. I remember crying, and I, all of a sudden, I like, what's going on inside me? I was, my heart was beating, and I like, and then all of a sudden I felt to tell this Jesus on the cross, like, why am I holding all this bitterness and, you know, everyday life and all these things was eating me up inside. I like, I, I just asked him to take it away from me and I want to know him more. Hmm. And I believe me, all of a sudden I felt this heavy burden lifted off of me. And I felt so peaceful within myself that I like, what's going on? And I felt like that was the day I really had a counter with the Lord. Mm. And he came into my life and, and became my Lord and Savior. And wow. about two weeks later was Easter Sunday in 1989, I got baptized. And my journey started that day, I think. Wow. So, so you had that journey begin. And now, Jody, at this time, you're like four or five years old. Yeah. So when you were growing up, how did your mom share Christ with you after she had this conversion experience? Um, so I guess in our family, you're involved in everything. All the time, that's what you're doing. You're doing things. Um, and my mom and dad were just all in. Like, we were always at the church. We were always involved. Um, I remember her serving in the nursery when I was growing up even. Um, and I guess around the time I was, I don't know, eight or nine, she started getting really heavily involved in a prison ministry, Kairos. And I mean, I was eight, nine, mm -hmm. and um, we're going out, my dad and I and sisters, um, to serve them spaghetti dinners for the people who are coming back, serving in the prison. Wow. Um, and so it was... It, it was simple things, but we were serving alongside them. Hmm. So, so it was serving. always serving, you know, just always, that's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, she just kind of lived that in front of you, mm -hmm. serving, going, I mean, when we were talking, you said all in was all the phrase. In. They went all in. And now, Pushpa, you're a young Christian at this point. Like, did you have, like, a curriculum for parenting, like, the next step? Like, how do I, like, sure. lead my kid to Christ? Like, well, I mean, you know, some people, parents have been in church their whole life and, and struggle with this stuff. So, like, I mean, yeah, what was it like for you? I wish I had one. Uh, no, um, I just um, went with my children. Uh, pretty much, I grew up with my children. Uh, they went to church. I went to church. Whenever the church was open, we were there. They learned all the songs the stories, the Bible, they read the Bible. I was learning with them. I was mm. like kindergarten with them. I went step by step. At that point, it didn't feel like I was doing, but looking bad, I was doing the same thing because I had no 
I had never read a Bible in my life yeah. then. So I was reading all the, uh, you know, the stories and everything that Bible teaches us. Yeah. And, you know, I was, as Jyoti said, I was nursing uh, in the nursery. So I learned all the songs from <laughs> yeah. them and okay. helped them right. there. And I love that aspect of your story because a lot of times I think parents especially think, you know, I have to be like, have this much knowledge before I can share it with somebody else. But really, you're like a step ahead, right? You're reading the story before she goes to BBS and then talking about it with her afterwards. You're reading the scripture, then talking about it. I mean, you're just like barely there, and yet you were able to share. Yeah, we were able to share. And um, one of the things Fred does a lot in the nighttime that he'll read the story, so we'll all sit together and read it together. Mm. And so that was one of the ways I could see Fred being a good example always mm. in our life to do that. And so that helped a lot. Nice, nice. So now it's many years later and... 30 years. 30 years, okay. I wasn't going to say, I wasn't going to say how old you were. Um, so what ways do y'all continue to grow in your relationship together? Because I think this is a huge thing y'all model is this isn't just something, okay, my kid is a child, but also when they're grown, how do y'all serve um, and share your faith together now? Yeah. Um, so fast forward that Kairos prison ministry, um, somehow I started getting getting involved into it as soon as I graduated from college. Um, and, oh, I remember, because she was a leader. <laughs> and she asked, you know, if I would join in at least serving, you know, this big time while she was a leader. Well, I got in it and I got hooked. And so that was 15 years ago. Oh, wow. um, and so since then, I've adopted it and it's part of my life and it's part, it really is a part of, um, one of the things I really enjoy doing. Hmm. Um, and it's just so neat to be able to serve alongside, you know, my mom, but then also see other moms with, you know, young women in hmm. their families involve them too. Hmm. Um, with us, uh, I have been involved in a Bible study fellowship for about 13 years. And um, when I first started it, um, I always prayed that one of the girls would be involved in it. And the Bible Study Fellowship is one of a very neat way to study the Bible, but you learn what you study. Uh, maybe you do not remember everything, but you will remember a lot of it. Hmm. And so doing that and praying with the girls, and then um, God just answered that prayer uh, in his own way. Uh, Jyoti got involved with the Bible Study Fellowship here in Hampton. And then when we moved here, I followed her hmm. at the Bible Study Fellowship. And so now we are both in the same group, but she went on to be in the leadership. So oh, wow. God just uh, passport that one too. And, uh, and y'all go to Harvest Point together. Now, yeah, which we is are awesome. all together. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. Well, hey, let's give them a round of applause. Thank you for sharing, sharing your story. And... Um, so, now, if you've been a part of a family, we're not putting everybody's drama on full display up here. If you've been part of a family, you know that conflict is a part of family, uh, whether it's a church family, biological family, adoptive family, any kind of family system, conflict uh, is real, is present, challenges come up, and an important part of, uh, of being a mom, being somebody who's a part of a family, is enduring and overcoming challenges. And so I want to invite Michelle Stanfield. She's going to come up and tell us a little bit um, about her experiences um, with challenges at different, at different stages of life. And now I know it's not always easy, if you'll do number two, um, I know it's not always easy to talk about this kind of thing, 
But before we do, tell us about your daughter, Finley. Um, we got some pictures. There she is, tiny Finley. Uh, tell us about your daughter, Finley, one thing you love about her. Oh, is this on? Yeah. There's a lot I love about Finley, but I think the main thing is how magnetic she is. She, people are drawn to her. She's full of life. She's full of love. She's full of energy. And she's a little overcomer, and she doesn't even realize it. Every day, she just gets up ready to have fun, ready to love, be loved. She's just amazing to me. Okay. It's great nice. to watch. So before we talk about kind of parenting and being a mom to Finley, you know, part of parenting is a lot of us inherit uh, habits, behaviors. We, we've all experienced parenting for good and, and for bad in many different ways. So tell us a little bit about some of the challenges you had growing up in your household. Um, you know, I grew up in a family that was pretty dysfunctional or wasn't really whole. I guess you could say it was pretty broken, uh, mainly because of my mother. I know now as an adult that my mother struggled with mental health issues, but as a child, not knowing that and going through these highs and lows that she would go through, it can be very detrimental. I don't remember hearing I love you growing up. I don't remember really feeling loved. I spent time in foster care. It was just challenging. Mm. Um, I remember being afraid of my mother um, and not really knowing how to trust anyone because mm. of things that I had gone through. And I will never forget, there was one time that my sister and I had been in foster care for about two weeks and we were being driven back home to be with our mother. And we were terrified and we were upset and we didn't want to go home. And the social worker, I hated her. I hated her for so long and now I appreciate her. She kind of looked at me, I was about 11 years old, and she said, why are you crying? She said, do you think that I care about you or care about what you've been through? If you think anybody cares about you, you're wrong. If you want to change your life and if you want to be different, then it is going to be completely up to you. Mm. You can either choose to remain in this place where you feel like a victim or you can make your own way out, especially mm. if the one person who is created to do that for you doesn't. You mm. have to find your way. And so looking back now, I realize, I see that there were people and women who came into my life that gave that love to me that she mm. didn't. But I didn't realize that until I became a mother myself mm. and understood what that meant. Yeah, so you had that experience kind of growing up, and then um, you become a mother. Yes. So what, what was that like? What was that like for you? That was scary. Uh, when my husband and I first met, he had children of his own and kind of said, well, I think I'm done. I think mm, I'm good. I'm good with yours, I don't know yeah. that I want to have more children. And it was almost a relief to me. I never really wanted to have children of my own because I was afraid that maybe somehow I carried what had happened between myself and my mother with me and I would do the same to her. So I was terrified. And then being a first-time mom is scary enough. You get this onslaught of information about all these things you're supposed to do and not do. And then you become a mother, and it increases. And you have this baby, and you have to learn how to follow your own instincts. And mm. that's kind of the hardest and most challenging part, I think, for any parent, mother and father. Yeah. And so, you know, experiencing the challenges of being a first-time mom, and then you find out there's gonna be more challenges for you. Tell us about that. Um, when Finley was about a year and a half old, we began to notice that 
she was different from other children her age. Being a first-time mom, I wasn't quite sure what that was, but it wouldn't be long that we would understand that there was something going on. And when she was two years old, uh, she was diagnosed with being on the autism spectrum. And the amazing part about that day that we were told her diagnosis, everything was different, but everything was the same because we mm. kind of already knew. Mm. But it goes into the kind of the same thing you, my husband and I, we were given all this information about choices that we had to make for her, for therapy and different interventions and medications, and we had to decide, knowing that if we made the wrong choice, it was possible that her whole life could be affected. So wow. it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, and so you get the diagnosis, and then, um, and you shared this a few months back, you get a diagnosis of your own. Yeah. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that challenge. Um, last year I got really sick. Um, I experienced kidney failure and went through chemotherapy, and it was really, really hard. And having a then three-year-old was difficult, but mm. at the same time it was a gift because I think if you've ever been through chemo, if you've ever been really sick, all you want to do is sleep and mm. rest and not do anything. But having her... I mean, from the moment her feet hit the ground in the morning till she goes to bed, she is nonstop mm. energy. So she made me keep mm. going. She made me move forward. And so I will always be appreciative to her for that. There were mornings where I was just like, oh, mm. just please stop. Yeah. Um, but thankfully she didn't because I was able to get through it, through it when I may not have been able yeah. to. I mean, that's a lot of challenges you yeah. just named there kind of from your childhood forward. So how have you been able to endure and overcome these challenges throughout the years? Um, you know, I think growing up and into my 20s, I dealt with everything alone. I internalized things. I didn't really talk about it because I didn't really feel like I had anyone to talk to. And the people that I did have were people that had experienced the same thing that I did growing up, like my siblings. So they were pretty broken themselves, and some of them still are. Um, but then I learned, and it was actually you asking me to speak last year, that when you do talk about things, there's other people out there that have experienced similar things, or you realize that uh, you're not alone. Mm. And so that made it um, a lot easier. Now I have, you know, we come here mm. to learn, because I didn't grow up in church, and my husband kind of did, but mm. we come here because we're... We don't really know the right way to pray. We don't really, mm. I don't understand the Bible when I sit mm. down and try to read it. So coming here helps with that. It helps Finley. She has this foundation of people. We've met friends now, moms and mm. families that have children um, that love her just as much as I do, I think, wow. or we do. And so that's made a difference, mm. a big and, difference. Yeah. I mean, your story reminds me of 2 Corinthians where Paul writes this, my grace <laughs> is sufficient for you for power is made perfect in weakness. And um, your story is one of God being active in your life in the midst of the challenges. And, you know, in the midst of your fear of, can I break this cycle? Or are the challenges I faced as a child kind of inevitable for my child? But now, you know, God is working in your life, in your family. And as you look to the future and to Finley's future, I mean, what are your hopes and dreams for her as a young girl that might be different than kind of what, what you experienced at that age? Um... Well, I hope she knows that she's loved and to accept it, mm. um, to be able to love ho wholly and to mm. accept the same love and to be trusting 
to realize that there will be bad people that will come your way, but to still choose to be a good person, mm. to understand that she will have a past. I hope she can look back on all the accomplishments and things that she's overcome so young already mm. and realize that she can do anything. But when the bad comes, to not dwell in it, mm. to not stay in that victimhood, but instead to trudge forward and move forward mm. and realize she can do anything. Awesome. Especially if she has faith, which is what we're trying so hard to give her right now. That's huge. That's huge. Well, thank you for yeah. opening up and sharing your vulnerable story with us. Let's give Michelle a round of applause. Thank you. Um, wow. And um, the, the final family we're going to hear from today is the, the McCullough family. And some of you all know Jenny McCullough. She is a matriarch of the family and uh, in our church. Um, and she, is she here today? She is here today. She, she's, uh, I don't, I mean, she's not going to really be able to come on stage, but she's here today back there and her three daughters, Jean, Joyce, and Carol. So we're going to invite them to come up. Um, and Jenny is actually, she has some words to share with us on video that we're going to watch in just a minute. Um, she's 95 years old, close to 96. And so you can imagine that during her lifetime, parenting, has kind of shifted a little bit. The influences in people's lives have shifted. Um, but one thing that hasn't shifted is the important role a mom and a parent plays in shaping the character of their child. Um, and this is a huge thing, not only sharing Christ, sharing the gift of presence. All right, we got her up here. Um, yeah. But also... She, she's going to get down on her own. Okay. We're going to see mir unexpected miracles today. Um, Jenny, good to see you up here this morning. Um, so these are her three daughters. We've got uh, twins who are younger, Carol. Um, and so we're... <laughs> Sorry. Carol is older. You'll see in the pictures. One of the pictures is confusing because you're... you're, you're, you're <laughs> never mind. Never mind. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. <laughs> Y'all, Carol doesn't even go to our church, and I'm doing this to her. Carol, you're, you go to Community Bible, right? Yes, Community Bible. Carol's joined us this morning. Um, and so um, Jenny shared with me earlier this week a little bit um, about shaping the character of her kids and some things she did. And so I want to invite you to sit back and, and to watch this video. Uh, my name is Virginia McCullough, and my three daughters are Jean, Joyce, and Carol. To always go to church. Uh, it didn't matter whether it was Baptist or Christian or whatever. I didn't know that I was doing anything to shape them up to what they are now. Uh, I mean, that was just living. She needs to lay the life in front of him. You can't just tell them something. You gotta be 
a part of it. That's a loaded question. I think it turned out real well. Who's the kindest daughter? I guess Carol is. That's true. Who's the most trustworthy? All of them. Who has the smartest mouth? Joyce. Absolutely. Sorry, Joyce, we didn't tell you about that. That was Jean. That's sister stuff right there. Jean, Jean answered that one. Um, Jeannie, thank you for sharing those words of wisdom with us. And, um, you know, earlier we were talking about sharing the gift of presence and, and modeling uh, character, spending life with your child, modeling faith. I mean, so in the video, you know, she said, I didn't really, you know, I just lived life, lived a life in front of you. I mean, so from y'all's experience, how did your mom shape your character? What are some things you felt like she did, kind of from y'all's point of view? She was always calm. Uh, really, no matter what we did, she was steadfast. Um, she didn't rattle easy. And she was patient. And she, what we didn't realize was that she was really listening. And at the time, we might have said something that was wrong or told her a story of something that we had done that was wrong. She didn't jump immediately. Um, she would wait and just kind of lead hmm. and just let us get her drift and, and realize on our own we probably shouldn't have done that. Hmm. Um, yeah. And some stories we still haven't told her, or some we told her five years later when we thought yeah. that the, you know, statue of limitations <laughs> had run out. <laughs> yeah, what else, Joyce or Carol? How, I mean, how do you feel like your mom shaped your character and who you are today? Well, Jean spoke of Mama being laid back. If anything could have ruffled her feathers, it would have been these two. Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, was the perfect child. <laughs> she and said I don't you were really the kindest. know why she needed two others, because... <laughs> Things were going so well. <laughs> I think the bat. Actually, I think the batteries died. So if y'all will share the. No, Jane turned oh. me off. Oh, wow. Uh, I just, uh, Mama, uh, when I would come home from school after her, she was with them all day. You can imagine. She was like, take over. And um, I didn't get to watch my bandstand because they had to watch the Popeye Club. But wow. I learned through that that we, as a family, we watched after each other. You know, mm. we might not be old enough to be the mama, but we could take on the mama traits that mama had taught to try and corral these two and uh, give them some sort of upbringing. So that's, that's part of what. And another thing, I, haven't, I didn't learn until I was grown, really, how functional our family was. But I've run into a lot of dysfunctional families. Community Bible is calling. <laughs> y'all, y'all are a wild bunch. And I realized that Mama and Daddy, Mama, uh, created for us a functional family so that we could be a functional family. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Because a lot of us, you know, it's like being in a family is like a fishbowl, right? You just know the water you swim in. It's not until you start seeing other families where you're like, oh, wow, these things were, were important. So, Joyce, how do you feel like your mom kind of shaped you and who you are today? 
Well, she, she was not preachy, so she did lead by example. She and Dad saw to it that we were in a very healthy and loving church, so we had a very strong uh, church family foundation that we enjoyed, and we not only went to church every time the doors was open. That was never a question. If somebody spent the night at our house, either their parents had to come get them by 930, or they were going to church. It was just never a question. We went to church. But they saw to it that it was a church that was fun and loving and supportive. Mm. So we grew up in a way that was fun. You know, there was never any, any sourness about that or any question about that. But another thing I think about with my mom, it, you know, she's been through a lot of health struggles. She's probably lived in the hospital more the past two years than in her own home. But there's a verse I think about, even though we've been through a lot of struggles, um, you know, life hadn't always been that easy for them, too. I should say she lost a child who was about 18 months old, mm. and that would have been mine and Jean's brother. It was Carol first, and it would have been Tim, and then me and Jean. And, and really the reason that they went ahead and got pregnant with me and Jean is because of that void. And lo and behold, they had twins and mischievous twins, so that void was never thought about. <laughs> kind of filled up. But I think about uh, through the trials, the joy, and, you know, that's one of the um, fruits of the Spirit is joy. And Mom has always had that inner joy. So I think about a certain scripture, and it's 3 John chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, where it talks about, um, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Hmm. And so she has an inner joy, and I think a part of it is because... She has raised us to love the Lord, and she doesn't have to worry. She has that blessed assurance that we will all be together as a family one day. Wow. Wow. And I, I don't know of a greater gift than that gift to give to your family. Yeah. Now, um, you know, as you mentioned, Jenny's been in the hospital in and out for many years now. And, you know, part of being a parent is also then turning the tables and parenting your own parent. And so... This is off script, but what's that been like for y'all? I mean, because that's been, that's been a long journey of now sharing joy with her, sharing Christ with her, caring for her in the midst of all this. Yeah, what's that been like? Well, it's not always easy, but it is a blessing. I had the privilege of spending the night with her last night, so I got to get up and wish her happy Mother's Day first. Mm. So, yeah. You know, it's mm. not easy, but... God bless her. She handles us well. <laughs> she just takes it. <laughs> yeah. We've crashed her in that wheelchair. We've done things and trying to help her. We're, you know, we hung her by our oxygen strap or whatever. And it's like, I was like, you know, sorry, mom, but you did this to us when we were little. And <laughs> she just takes it. And um, she, uh, I, she goes say. with it. She just rolls with it. Mm. I, I think something to think about when you're taking care of a person who's ill, has health issues, is don't give up. Persevere. Don't receive a lot of what the medical world wants to tell you. Amen. Receive the report of the Lord. Amen. Follow that. Be an advocate for your loved one. And, and for Jesus you and, and your loved one. Yeah. The, she had a stroke February the 6th, and it robbed her of her speech. And that very night, we went to say the Lord's Prayer which has been another one of our practices every night without fail. We would have a devotion, and it would end with the Lord's Prayer. 
I don't care who spent the night with us or who was there, everybody, there was a certain time where that was going to happen. And so the night of her stroke, she couldn't say much, but she knew every word of the Lord's Prayer Mm -hmm. because it's so deeply buried. Mm -hmm. So uh, persevere. Yeah, and we think about character. You know, you think of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I think I got them all. But one of the things I look at your family is joy. And so how have y'all experienced joy and how do y'all share joy as a family? Because, you know, in the midst of challenges, loss, grief, suffering, it's so hard. So how have y'all experienced that and shared that as a family? That's my turn. Um, This morning on, on Dr. Charles Stanley spoke about the difference in joy and happiness. And you can have happiness, but happiness depends on circumstances and things that happen around you. Joy comes from inside. Mm -hmm. So that's the seed that needs to be planted when you're very little, and it's nourished by the parents, and that Mm -hmm. seed grows so that you develop joy no matter what, even in the bad times. Mm -hmm. And so that's what mom and dad did for us. Uh, I don't remember a lot of bad times, actually. Somehow they must have uh, changed it into joy. Hmm. Wow. And our family has always had humor. For those of you that knew my dad, he was a very quiet man full of wisdom and mischievousness. <laughs> so um, he, he was always cracking those jokes that was just underneath the surface, but if you paid attention, you heard it. And if your wit was sharp, you got the joke. And um, for one, uh, th- for example, he said, uh, one day I said, Dad, where have you and Mom been? He said, well, I had to take your mom up to, he called it Morrow Station. He said, I had to take your mom up to Morrow Station to the beauty parlor. We got to go back tomorrow. <laughs> That, yeah, that, that was the kind of wisdom, the humor that my dad had. And it was always something funny in our house. And, um, and we still do that to one another. Every day there is um, joking going on. And, but then we might turn around and start singing a hymn together. It, it's just joy. Hmm. Wow. Um, well, we want to, um, any, any final words for us on this Mother's Day? Jenny, we don't want to put you on the spot, but we want to thank you for being up here with us and for your presence in our church. I would have to say patience is probably one of the gifts that she has exhibited the most because we, we never were bad, but we were mischievous. And uh, we did uh, get involved in a lot, and so she kept the car in the road a lot, taking us here and there. And um, like prom or any of that kind of stuff, I can remember. She had leashes. Yeah, Mm. we did have leashes. She put us on leashes. Well deserved. I will say, though, that um, one year she was making my prom dress. Back then, Jean and I, we dressed alike every day. And so anyway, she was making my prom dress as she made all of our clothes. And um, I selected a pattern from Vogue that was about 40 yards of material thought it was the most beautiful thing ever and it wouldn't fit on a table she couldn't cut the pattern out on a table so you put it on the living room floor and I swear it went out the front door wow. it did and she cut that dress out and worked through the night and mm. uh, you know that was just the patience she had and mm. I didn't get that from her but wow. wow we need to go I think what we would say about 
about mom. <laughs> That's not forever. I'm sorry. I, um, mom, I think what she exemplifies to me is run the race till it's finished, and she's mm. not finished. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, um, if y'all step here for just a second. Um, as we close today, we want to we wanna say a prayer over all of you, um, and thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for being here in worship. Um, so let's pray together. Almighty God, um, on this day in which we remember moms and, and motherhood, we first give you thanks that you are a loving parent over us all, God, that your love is extravagant, it's unconditional, it doesn't change with circumstances, but it is steadfast. And so we give you thanks for that. We give you thanks for the mothers among us. God, we pray that you would help us honor them, love them, and serve them, and that you would strengthen them in their daily work and all the many ways that they serve others. And God, we thank you for all the motherly figures among us, grandmothers, aunts, sisters, wives, stepmothers, foster mothers, guardians, babysitters, teachers, healthcare workers, and beyond. God, we thank you for all those people in our lives who are helped showing us your love and pointing us to you. And God, today in the stories we've heard, um, we know that there's pain and sorrow on this day. God, we know that there are many people who've stayed home today uh, because it's a very difficult day. God, we know there's sorrow for the inability to conceive. There's loneliness. There's grief. God, there are so many of us uh, among us today who are reflecting on mothers who passed on before us. So God, we ask that you would comfort us in the midst of all of those circumstances and you'd help heal the wounds of the past and help us to be your people full of your grace and your truth. So God, we give you thanks today and we pray that you would help us to be present in people's lives, whether they're our, our children or not. You'd help us to share your love. You'd help us to encourage them. God, that your grace would meet us and be with us in the midst of challenges and that you would help us experience joy in the midst of good times and in the midst of challenging times. God, we ask that you be with us today. We thank you for the gift of your love and pray that we would share it with others. And we ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus, the Christ.